Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and future outlook of analytics and data science using an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, tool advancements, and other topics related to data science. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Harry Banks, Director of Technology Services for Southern Company, and we're talking about overcoming cultural barriers for implementation of analytics solutions. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Well, thanks for having me. Great. Well, let's start off with a little background. Tell us, why are you so cool? Well, I've been in the uh, the IT game for, for decades, literally, mm-hmm. um, had many different roles, and for the past, I guess, four years, um, I've had the opportunity to really learn and grow in the data and analytics space. So it's um, it's been a, a very fun and um, eye-opening journey. Great. And what did you do before Southern? You've been there a long time, right? Yeah. Uh, well, a little over four years. Okay. And uh, before Southern, I worked for SunTrust Bank Okay. Uh, for about 14 years. And prior to that, I worked for a food wholesaler. And then prior to that, a retailer. So... I've been in uh, many different industries. Nice. And in IT world with all of those, that's an interesting dance to move yeah. from the IT world into the analytics one. Have you find that? How do you find that transition? Um, it can be um, a little intimidating at times mm-hmm. because having to learn and um, and it's so ingrained, you know, not only in our business lives, but really in our personal lives as well. Hmm. So, um different different aspects different challenges uh it's a different way of doing business Mm -hmm. and even when we think about the service that we're going to deliver it's done differently than building a an application or a system right gotcha yeah it's it's a whole new world isn't it it's like uh the difference between what's upstream and what comes downstream that's right probably getting a completely different view So we're talking about the cultural barriers for implementing analytic solutions. So just as a level set, when we say an analytics solution, I assume that we're talking anywhere from descriptive up to prescriptive. So this could be dashboards, business intelligence, or it could be optimization type of um, you know solutions that are models that don't even conclude; they're recurring or um, anything in between. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's very correct. Um, it's it's all over the place. Okay. All right. So any kind of analytic solution. <clears throat> and then when we talk about overcoming cultural barriers, tell us what do we mean by a cultural barrier? This sounds like something that is less tangible in nature, but somehow just prevents things from happening. What's a cultural barrier? Well, the biggest thing for me is getting people open to working differently. So if you look at Many companies, especially where there's machinery involved or uh, physical things, they have tended to to been operated and cared for using things like, I guess the, the greatest example is changing the oil in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, you change the oil in your car every 3,000 miles. Well, mm-hmm. today you change the oil in your car when your car tells you to change it. Right. So you get people that have been in their positions for many, many years with lots of tenure, they they tend to be resistant to trying something new. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really working to educate them on the benefits of doing it differently. And then you really have to prove it 
in many cases to say, okay, this is not only is it better, it's okay. You're not going to take any steps backwards. You're not going to do anything harmful. So um, that by far is, to me, is one of the big cultural challenges. So that this one that you've highlighted is um, change, period, just doing something differently. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that um, when you're operating in uh, sort of an industrial, machine-based, kind of um, old school, if you want to call it that, um, although technology is playing a part for sure in all of this, but if you're operating in a, in a company that's been around for a very long time and uh, operates on heavy machinery, that maybe that change is even harder. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Plus, your tenure is very high at Southern. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it really it really goes beyond the the industrial side. Mm-hmm. It's any company that's that's really um, well established in process, mm. and it's it, it's all about getting people willing to again do their job differently than they have in the past. So it could be accounting, it could be HR, mm. it, it could be really something in the medical field you know right. again getting them comfortable that if they do it this new way they're not going to it's not going to be worse it's going to actually be better and then ultimately having to prove it right and do you think change is harder in certain um kind of software intuition is really really relied upon because you mentioned hr mm-hmm. and i'm thinking <clears throat> about your sales teams too because when i worked at southern i worked very closely with the sales group okay and um, they're very intuition-based, right? Like um, when you make hiring decisions, you sort of have this gut about you. And That's when you're right. in sales, you think you know everything about your customer. And yeah. someone tries to hand you a bunch of data mm-hmm. and say, make, you know, operate using this. Do you think that's part of the resistance? Oh, is- no question. Okay. And when we talk about, when we, when we talk with our business partners and we're pitching this whole new concept, we always end with, we want our company to be data-driven, mm-hmm. okay? And what that means is we want you to make your decisions, whether they're daily operational decisions or they're strategic or just spur of the moment. We want them to be data-driven, and we want to move away from the intuition and the gut. Mm, okay. So not to completely re- remove. They sort of dance together. But yeah, they do. to at least say, like, take into consideration the data and then make the decision. That's We're right. not asking you to make the decision based on machines and the results, but no. take it into consideration. Yeah. I mean, still, the human has to interpret the data. Mm-hmm. It's You're not going to just be magically given the answer. Mm-hmm. So the data, the answer, the the insight, whatever you want to call it, is based on what a human has come up with to say, okay, if we take these data elements and we put them together, then this is what it's going to tell us. And based on that nugget of information, now we ought to either go left or right. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Aside from just a lack of willingness to change, what would be another um, type of cultural barrier that you would have, you would expect to, to kind of keep the data science from getting implemented? Um, I would say it comes down to just having good data. Mm-hmm. That is certainly a challenge. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we have seen is, again, people have been doing what they've been doing for many years. Some folks uh, keep their data, believe it or not, in a notebook. Wow. Some people keep their data in a spreadsheet. Um, but you need that data to have some structure to it. And obviously, you need that data to have some quality to it. Because without the data, as you well know, you go nowhere. Right. And what we have learned 
with any data science type project is getting that data right is at least 80% of the work. Yeah. Do you think there's a resistance to sharing and collaborating? Like, is there, is data power in some ways, do you think? that may no, be... no question. Really? No question. Okay. Yeah. We, we've seen a little bit of that. Um, some of it is, again, just fear. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's this fear that if I share my data with you, then... What, bad, what use am I going to be? Yeah, or, oh. or or bad things will happen. You know, it's mm. it's like the culture needs to change in that mind, and we need to again. We have to prove that sharing data is a good thing. Um, there's a term that we're trying to eradicate, which is data hoarders. We don't want any data hoarders right. anymore. Do you think some of that um, too is related to like culturally? Um, an investment has to be made, like a mindset mm-hmm. has to shift to say we need to spend. X amount of dollars getting our data right. Is that part of the equation here with the data? You talked about quality too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not only getting it right, but getting it in the right place. Um, obviously, making it consumable, mm-hmm. making it findable. Mm-hmm. That That's also a big thing too. We have an effort that we started last year where we're trying to catalog all of our data. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is that we want to make sure that if someone wants to do some sort of an analysis that they have an easy place they can go to to find this data. Because mm-hmm. what we've also found is if you don't make it simple, then you run the risk of somebody creating a second version of the same type of data. Right, right, gotcha. Okay, so these are really intense. Um, so, and I'm I'm guessing that our listeners are like, oh, I can totally relate to some of these. Maybe they haven't articulated them or carved them out quite as neatly as we're doing here, but they, I bet they notice them. And awareness will help, so hopefully, with the change. Uh, so, number one is um, a resistance to change is a big cultural barrier, and there are a lot of things um, that you said surround that sort of how long they've been in the company, sort of the reward system behind mm-hmm. like trusting your gut versus the data. Um, habitual sort of um, motions that are in action, uh, machines, old company, all that kind of stuff, well-established. Secondly is data. And with data, it's data access, data sharing, data cleanliness, data, um, you know, just being there, (laughs) having it and the sharing uh, part of it. And you didn't say it, but I wrote down a note here to, to ask you about it. Do you think there's an element of trust because you're sort of you're sort of dancing around yeah. that topic, but tell me about tell me about trust and how trust ties into the equation of getting data science implemented. Oh, it's it's huge, and it goes back to what I said earlier. It's there's a fear mm. um, that if I try this new thing, that it could be worse. And then you also there is also a little bit of fear that you're going to impact somebody's job. Oh if, wow. Yeah. Okay. So is it fear of the unknown or is it fear of like the all the hoopla and the articles and the you know the AI's taking over the world type stuff or Yeah, it's a little bit of of, of it all. Yeah. I mean obviously it's never never just one thing. This is a, a very complicated space. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we talk a lot about the um, the downside. So what would you say are some of the ways that we can overcome all this? Like we've got lots of challenges um, to overcome in order to reduce these barriers. What would you say are some of the top fixes? Well, the top fixes is, is um, really comes down to success. Mm-hmm. Being able to do a, you know, a, a crawl, walk, run type of model where we're able to prove that this new way actually works and it is better. Mm-hmm. And then once you have 
created that that foundation of success, then you build upon it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So take things, don't try to boil the ocean, but no. start, you know, moving slowly, at least getting some wins, it sounds like. So That's right. I hear two things from you is the slow move and getting some solid wins to be able to say like, okay, so here's how data has helped us succeed That's right. in ways that we haven't used it before. What are some of the other um, ways of reducing these barriers? Do you think education has? No question. Okay. So it's it's really demonstrating the art of the possible, teaching people, okay, it could be like this, or we could do it this way, uh, which, you know, this would be the impact in doing so. So a lot of communications, um, we jokingly call ourselves evangelists because mm-hmm. we're having to evangelize with people in the business to say, this is a good thing, and it can help you. It can help the company. It can help our employees. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it just takes a, a huge investment in time. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, a lot of this depends on relationships. So mm-hmm. it comes back to a lot of the core things, how things get done in any business. So first, you have to establish your relationships with your partners. You have to build trust to your earlier point. Mm-hmm. You have to get that credibility. Um, you have to teach and educate. And then you start to move things forward. Gotcha. And I often um, talk to students about some of these things that they're not taught in school. Like mm-hmm. you have, you can't just say we see as data scientists, we think it's in the it's the data. How are you going to argue with that? Like obviously, as you can see, I, I I can't stand it when my new students say things like that. Um, but you can't just trust that because it's data, people are going to listen, I think is what I hear you saying. That's right. And that you're responsible for, in some ways, evangelizing and advocating and sort of trumpeting the cause. Is mm-hmm. that is that right? Very much so. Okay. So it can't just be all quant. You got you to gotta be a cheerleader as well. Um, I've been hearing a lot about empathy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked about the relationship between the business, who are going to typically be the ones consuming the data science solution, and the producer, who are the data scientists and analytics professionals, what? How does empathy tie into that? Is it to sort of walk a mile in their shoes, or how do you go about doing that? Um, Easier I, said than done, I know. Yeah, it is. You definitely have to have a uh, what I call a customer service mindset, and and put yourself in their shoes. Uh, and you and you have to look at all aspects when you when you do that. You have to think about what is it going to impact, what is going to be the impact to their business. Uh, what's going to be the impact to their employees? Mm. What's going to be the impact to the end customer? Mm-hmm. So you have to factor all that in. Yep. But um, I think one of the keys is you have to establish a real partnership. Mm-hmm. And the business has to uh, realize that and believe in that. You have to be genuine in what you're proposing. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you set good expectations. Right. Because as you know, a data science project is a bit of an experiment, yes, right? So yes. you you start out with this this theory of what what you could do or mm-hmm. what you could build or what insight you could glean, and you work to get all this data, you put it all together, you create this model, and what do you find out? Well, it doesn't exactly give us what we need. So now you got to go back, and you got to tweak it, and you tune it. You might have to get some different data and so on. So it's certainly. Um, it's it's a very different type of process, and you have to make sure that your business partner understands that 
And not only do you have to have empathy for them, they need to have a little bit of empathy for you as yeah. well. So it's not a one-way street. It's no. not completely on the, the one person. And it is a very iterative process. I think that's one of the things mm -hmm. that in this fun field make it very um, interesting and unique. Very cool. <clears throat> so the uh, related to that too, I was going to talk about the um, some of the ways tactically that I've had my teams do that. So for example, when I was at Cox, I wanted to go on a truck roll. You know, if I'm going to work with that data, I want to I want to go on a truck roll. When I was at um, Truist, formerly SunTrust, mm -hmm. I listened into call centers because I was working on call center data or I would um, sit with a teller. But fortunately, I used to be a teller. So that was, you know, that was the experience for that. And even with my nonprofit, um, I, I had seven teams working on opioid data. And opioid-related data is very tricky if you don't understand opioid addiction. Mm -hmm. So I had them actually watch. Um, they went to a session for recovering opioid, you know, people that had opioid addiction. And they listened to their stories. And it was really insightful. It sounds like that's the kind of thing you're talking about. When I was at Southern, I walked through the um, industrial plants to get a better understanding of what the data meant and what's behind it. Sure. And it's kind of having, being able to go into their world a little bit and understand that how they're using data and how the data is produced and how they can consume it and the types of problems they're trying to answer. Is that sort of what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. It's really understanding how people do their jobs. Yeah, and that's not an easy. No, that is not an easy thing for a data scientist to want to do. Is mm -hmm. let me go in the field and let me, you know, yep. really immerse myself in this completely other world because typically we like to be behind a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's one one of my beliefs is that the best data scientists will not be in IT; they'll be in the business, right? Because not only do do they have to understand the art of data science. But they also have to understand the business. Interesting. That's a great quote. Okay. And then um, the last one I was going to ask you about as far as like how to overcome barriers um, tactically, you know, this might sound silly, but what about like users groups inside the companies? Do you think those are helpful like for yeah. collaboration or, yeah. or coming up with, um, you know, like a, an annual summit mm -hmm. or things like that? Yeah, no question. Um, we're trying to build, we call it a community of practice. Yes. So ideally we want people to help each other mm -hmm. it's the same thing when we're at home and we're trying to fix something we go out and google it and find a youtube on how to do what we do so we want to we want to establish that same type of thing within the business yeah. obviously focused on data and analytics artificial intelligence data science yes I'm seeing many more community of practice efforts happening. Those mm -hmm. are very deliberate. It can't just organic. You can't expect it to organically just no. happen. So no. I'm seeing companies sort of craft that. It's a really good movement. So to, to summarize real quickly, these are great, by the way. Thank you, Harry. Um, some of the ways to overcome these cultural barriers are you got you to gotta prove yourself. You have to have a win. Mm -hmm. um, you need to take a crawl, walk, run sort of approach. Um, education, education, education. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, the art of the possible. Um, community of practice building uh, is another way of overcoming these barriers. Having empathy with the business um, and getting into their world and that mindset and, you know, immersing yourself. And then the, not in any particular order, but the last one I wrote down was um, that relationship. Just making sure that you have that relationship, which ties into that trust that we talked about earlier. Absolutely. Um, these are great. Good. Thank you. Uh, so what final piece of advice? There's a lot of people um, listening that are relatively new into their careers. And so what final piece of advice 
um, Harry, would you give to an analytics professional for how to overcome these cultural barriers that prevent data science solutions from getting implemented? Well, number one, take the time to invest in your business partner Mm -hmm. and invest in the business. And I'm really talking about an investment of time and investment of yourself and really demonstrate to the to the leaders, to those that that you are genuinely interested and you care Mm -hmm. Uh, that will go a long way to letting them to them opening up the kimono, so to speak, and letting you in, because that's that's really step one, Mm -hmm. getting them willing to listen to you. And then the second thing I would say is you have to build credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, again, prove to them that this new way is going to help. It's not going to make things worse. It's not going to just keep it status quo, but it truly will make things better. That's interesting. You gave us one uh, sort of um, hard and one that's sort of soft. Yeah. So the hard one being, you got to be really credible and got to be solid and on it, and mm-hmm. it's it's got to be it's got to be there, right? It can't just be fluff. And the second one um, being to show your authenticity. You know, show that you're being genuine about this. Show that you actually do want them to improve their business. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And then I guess a third one, if if you have the ability. So because I work within IT, we have. Uh, a way where we can invest, we can do some seed work. So if 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 that is possible, that mm-hmm. can go a long way, and that way you can start to build some things on on your own, and that way you have something more tangible that you can show the business. Nice, very nice, great. So sort of start with a um, a, a project that's kind of like a pet project, almost a yeah. seed project. You called it, yeah, yeah, like an emerging tech type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again to Harry Banks from Southern Company for talking to us about overcoming cultural barriers to implement data science solutions. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.